What's up? And welcome to Espresso with Erin and Sarit, the show where you go to gain the confidence and self-empowerment that you need to live your best and most authentic life. Tough love conversations to reveal the simple truths that will transform your relationships, your body, and your bank account. We are your hosts. I'm Erin. And I'm Sarit. And we are on a mission to transform the lives of millions through the same fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and financial habits that have transformed ours. Good morning! morning. (laughs) All right, let's get to it. Today is Q&A day. This is exciting because we get to directly answer the questions that you ask, and it is fun time. So let's start. Yeah, go pawn bed over there. Uh, let's start with Beth Lewis from Waxhaw. 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 From North Carolina. Okay, almost done buying gear for the UTC. If you don't know what that is, it's the Underground Training Club. And the first rule about Underground Training Club is we don't talk about Underground Training Club. And the second rule is that we break the first rule. The underground training club is awesome. And the third rule is don't be a little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So wondering if you think a completely foam box is better or should I go with a wooden box with a foam surround for more stability? Will there be any programming utilizing a pulley system? I keep seeing ads for a stud ink. I don't know what that is. Pulley system. And I'm quite tempted. Hashtag going overboard. Let me just stop there and, and answer this real quick. I prefer a hard foam box because I have wrecked my shins on some boxes. Yeah, we have a foam box. But it's really up to you. Wooden box with, with foam surrounding. I don't... I've never seen those. The, but that's the cool. foam boxes, if you get them from like Rogue, are pretty stable. So I wouldn't say there's a stability issue. Um, programming that utilizes a pulley system, maybe. However, you know, I I think it's cool just because it's more versatile if you want to do anything accessory, but probably not a Mm-mm. necessary piece of equipment. Okay, next. Will there be a lot of movement prep at the beginning of UC? UTC to really get the form down using the bar. I have been studying YouTube videos obsessively. Can you tell I'm beyond ready to get to it? I think this question also was from quite a while ago before we had the discussion about what we're gonna do for the UTC. Probably. So the answer is yes, we will have things like that. Also ordered a pair of bare hand gloves, got some chalk, so I can play around with both to see which is more comfortable. Any opinions on that? Yes. Chalk, rip your hands out. Like, let it, like, when you rip your hands out, over time what happens is you develop skin that does not need any gloves. Gloves only cause more moisture on your skin and only make your skin rip open. And then it's like, it feels raw, just like, Do the right thing. It's going to suck in the moment. Like if you're doing enough bar anything, ask any gymnast in the world, they'll tell you that they've ripped their skin plenty of times. It gets to a point where your skin is so tough that you just have 
blisters and you know it is what it is that's and like a trophy to you honestly though your hands can have that amount of strength um but don't have to look like that or feel like that we just don't bother to like make ours look any different yeah you can though you can you shave still, it off yeah you can like um you can buff it out like you can legit use the knurling on your barbell. The knurling is like that grippy stuff on a barbell. I would just, I mean, granted, like it's not a public barbell that like a lot of people are using because that's gross to put your skin all over it. Um, but I would do that and then just like clean the bar off. Or you can use like a, the petty, what was it called? The petty egg. Petty egg or like, I legit would use a razor. And I would, I would shake, but that takes a lot of skill. Um, anyways, you know, I, and then you can just kind of like file it down. So it's a little bit softer, but it's still tough. Now I want to point something out. You said I can play around both to see which is more comfortable. Now, let me ask you, is anything about the UTC comfortable? So nope. should that be the goal? <laughs> I'm just asking. That's up for you to say. Um, but I don't think it's a matter of comfort as much as it is uh, what's going to be, mm, what's going to make me stronger in the long run. That's my own opinion. I don't prefer gloves. What happens when you use gloves is, yes, it's uncomfortable for a period of time, but when you're hanging on to things, you can't feel it as much. You can't feel it and your grip, let's say the let's say the object is like this. Well, when you have a glove, you're now adding diameter to that. And if we're talking about a barbell is already probably like that, now you're adding that and it's, it makes it harder to grip. So then your forearms get really extra tired because you're now having to hang on to a, a larger diameter. So you could look at that as a benefit where it's like, okay, I'm challenging my grip strength, um, but I'd rather feel the object. Um, and you know, it does suck at first. Not even gonna try to hide that fact. I would say for me, it was like my first year. I ripped my hand open so many times and then less and less and now it's like, doesn't happen. And also learn. it allows you to adjust to more bars yeah. quicker. You learn. Thanks so much for all you both do for this community. It's been life-changing for me and my family by proxy. Proximity. Thank you. Thank you. For trusting Thank you us for trusting us. In the process. In the proxy. Beth Lewis. She's no. a badass. Did you see the post that she made yesterday in the UTC? She looks Oh, wait. In, in her gym, in her garage? Huh. Yeah. Um, Teresa Snyder. Colorado. I'm starting my journey with the rise above. Congratulations. And I'm on day nine, but I am so sore from the day one workout. This was from a couple weeks ago. So what, I wonder if she's finished. Teresa. What do you do when you're sore the next day so that you can get through the next day's workout? Great question. So for one, you guys, soreness is just a part of the process. You can't expect to get fitter or get stronger without the after effects of it, which is um, soreness or in the fitness industry, we call it DOMS, um, delayed onset muscle, muscle soreness. soreness. Yes. But you know, basically what happens when you're working out, 
our muscles are made up of fibers. It's almost like our hair, right? Like every hair strand is ma made up of like tinier fibers. And the same thing goes for our muscles. But in order for us to get stronger, we break them down and then, you know, they build up stronger. So in the process of breaking muscles down, basically like when there's contractions happening, it, it, these are called myosin and actin, if I remember. Um, but basically as we're contracting, right? What happens, your muscles break down and lactic acid is built up as a byproduct. Okay, just like with every chemical reaction that happens in the body, in, in the body, there is a byproduct. Something breaks down, something gets added to, there is a byproduct. Okay, so lactic acid is a byproduct and the buildup of lactic acid is what causes the buildup of muscle soreness, basically. Have you ever gotten lemon juice on a paper cup? Mm -hmm. So that acidity, mm -hmm with the breakdown mm -hmm. in the muscle tissue, right? You create micro tears if the resistance is heavy enough. So you're creating micro tears in the muscle and your muscles um, vulnerable and a little bit exposed because there's, there's damage, but it's a positive damage and it needs to rebuild to get stronger. But in the meantime, that acidic environment burns. It burns when it's getting in those little micro tears. That's like the easiest way to explain the, the soreness phenomenon. But basically, you guys, our bodies are meant to adapt, which means that the more consistent you become, the less, the more your body will be able to handle without getting as sore. However, with the way that we do training is we constantly give you new stimulus so that your body never adapts. And that's what allows you to um, get better results sooner rather than later. Um, so then we also take another supplement that really helps us to buffer the buildup of lactic acid. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can look in the description below. The link for this product is in the description with a 10% discount at checkout. And the name of the product is called Extreme Endurance. That is the same product that Michael Phelps and the entire like Olympic swimming team takes as well because it's really, it's clean and it does magics. There is nothing like that out there. And that's why we truly back it up. We take it twice a day, three capsules in the morning, three capsules at night. So, you know, Teresa, if you find value in that, Highly recommend, go ahead and get yourself some extreme endurance. She might already be taking it. Yeah, I think a bunch of you guys who are in this group are already taking it. It is an absolute game changer. Um, but other than that, the more consistent you become at something, the higher your threshold is. Yeah. Cool. Na, na, na. Welcome <laughs> to Risa Snyder. And by now you should be done with the 14 day and onto the burn zone. I wonder if there's anything else. You can always do like, you know, it's, it's good to incorporate stretching and, you know, uh, like foam rolling or some kind of, um, foam rolling is like myofascial release is such a technical term, but basically like a self massage mm -hmm. on something like a hard object, uh, a lacrosse ball, a foam roller, something like that to help, uh, move around the tissue and, and work it out. Jess O'Hara from Vermont. What's with the matcha craze? 
I haven't even saw matcha macaroons. You know what? That's a cookie. Cookies don't need to be part of health crazes. That's so funny. One of my clients was asking me about matcha the other day. I guess there is some kind of matcha company that's running ads to all of you guys. <laughs> um, we don't know what's up with that craze, but... Something caught on because somebody marketed something really well. Okay, so what is matcha? It's a form of tea. Finely ground powder of specially grown and processed green tea leaves, traditionally consumed in East Asia. The green tea plant used for matcha are shade grown for three to four weeks before harvest. The stems and vines are removed during processing. During shaded growth, the plant produces more, um, I think it's called theanine and caffeine. The powder form of matcha is consumed differently from tea leaves or tea bags and is suspended in a liquid, typically water or milk. You guys, a cookie's a cookie. I don't give a shit what you put in it. So let's talk about like the matcha green tea products out there. You guys, they're just... Proceed with caution, that's it. Yes. Proceed, Proceed with, with caution. Proceed with, with caution because it, it, it's an idea that's inspired to promote your health, but they use that as a way to market to you when in fact it is processed. Most matcha green teas, green tea anything out there are loaded with sugar. If it's just the matcha powder, great. I'm sure there's it's great basically benefits. just green tea. Uh, yeah, great. It's powdered green tea. But what happens is people take something that has a health benefit or the studies have shown that a piece of the ingredient in something has a health benefit. They slap it on the box or the bag or the can or the jar or the package or the whatever. And they're like, look it, promotes heart health. Rich in Cheerios, Cheerios, lowers cholesterol. I'm like, Cheerios are still not good for you. Like, so, you know, you guys have to just proceed with caution. Like any of these things, look at the label. What's on the ingredient list? How much sugar does it have? You know, like what, what's actually in it? Because it can say anything it wants to say. And I don't care if you even made your own cookies from scratch and you made them paleo or you made them keto or, or you made them with honey or you made them with, um, you know, all like raw sugar or you made them with whatever. Like you have to ask yourself always, like, what's the intention of me consuming this? Because what happens is because something's healthier, now we think, great, I can eat more of it. Yep. And then you still shoot yourself in the foot because you're trying to take something that's healthy and justify it. You know when you should and shouldn't be doing something most of the time. Most of the time. Sometimes you're fooled by marketing. A cookie is a goddamn cookie, period. If, you, if something tastes sweet and amazing and delicious, something's in it that's doing that. So then you have to ask yourself, what's my intention in consuming this? Not to say it's wrong or bad or 
you're a sinner. I'm saying that what's the intention of you consuming whatever the thing is? And if the intention is, you know, like we talk about all the time, if you're going to have a treat, have a treat, just be present with it. Don't mindlessly eat it. You know, a matcha cookie, you want to try it? Plan a time where you're going to be intentional about that and, you know, make sure that that's going to be worth it for whatever your intention is. Mm -hmm. That's really like the bottom line when it comes to any of this stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. I remember when we, when we first discovered Halo Top, first discovered Halo Top, we're like, oh my God, protein ice cream. Genius idea though. Just Genius idea because it's a better than ice cream. Then started eating more ice cream than we would have eaten before because it's healthy ice cream. Mm -hmm. But the intention isn't just to consume a lot. So even then, like, you know, we've, we've been, we've fallen into the, the bear trap too. You know, oh, it's healthier. So I don't have to feel as bad, which is great because nobody wants to feel or the bad. Pro, or the protein, not the butter. Is oh my God, we used to so slam good. those. But you know, it's like, I don't want to feel bad for eating something, right? So it is good that it's a better than version, but that doesn't mean that you now get to have more. I mean, you can, but what's the intention? Always, what's the intention? Mm -hmm. So um, sure there's good health benefits, matcha, just like green tea, great. Um, but you can put a healthy something in anything and make it not healthy. Yep. It's made with real, raw, local honey. Make puree made with real raspberries, rich in antioxidants. Yeah. Could be like wine, rich in antioxidants. Does that mean you have it for breakfast? Let's not talk about it. All right. Next. Why is our the, friend in the future, Daniela? Why is the abdominal fat harder to get rid of? I know that one or two people watching might identify with this. I would say more than one or two. Uh -huh. But my belly has always been my biggest struggle. And even though I've lost a good amount of weight, my belly is not quite shrinking. Is there a specific reason for this? Yep, there is. It's called evolution. The purpose of subcutaneous fat, subcutaneous fat is fat that's under your skin, is to actually protect you and keep you warm. Remember you guys, like we've evolved over hundreds of thousands of years. Okay, so fat has a, like subcutaneous fat has a legitimate purpose in the body. Okay, so from a genetic standpoint, we all have an area in our body where we're more susceptible to storing our weight. For some of us, it could be in our belly. For some of us, it could be around of our, our hips. For some of us, it could be around of our legs. Um, and for some of us, it could be distributed evenly throughout our entire body. So since our body has mastered the game of adaptation, it's going to take you some time to get rid of this trouble area, you know? Um, and that's why we just say, keep on focusing on all the right things. Do your best every day with regards to your nutrition. Um, eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. Um, you know, be consistent with your workouts. Not all workouts are created equal. Our go-tos are constantly varied. Um, 
high intensity workouts that involve compound movements. Therefore, there's a greater hormonal stimulus after the workout and you are able to increase muscle mass at, within a shorter period of time. Um, and also making sure that you are managing your stress levels well by getting enough sleep and by doing all the self-care stuff necessary, setting some boundaries around certain people um, in your physical environment, mental environment, social environment in order to um, lower levels of cortisol down so that you can continuously improve your metabolism and hopefully with time turn yourself to become a metabolic machine. Um, but you know, becoming a metabolic machine will depend on a few factors. It'll depend on how you live, how you think, um, the amount of muscle mass you have in the body and your body fat percentage. I have something to add. Yeah. So one of the most effective ways for you to work out that will give you the hormonal stimulation that is going to encourage the most amount of muscle growth and the most amount of fat loss, most people are not ready for. Yep. So, and even this, is, it's really difficult in a, this is just from a, a fitness standpoint, nutrition is always going to trump fitness um, in regards to, you know, how much fat, body fat somebody has. Um, however, when you are training, there is a certain intensity level that you need to get to that is going to give you the hormonal stimulus that's going to put you in the greatest position for the most fat loss and muscle growth. So, you know, working out, this is, this is the point where anybody who's relatively new, I would say within the first like year of training, yeah. where you push yourself to the point where you feel like puking, that is the intensity level. Now, I think at this point, I can literally push myself as hard as I am like humanly capable of, and I will not throw up because I've adapted to that level of intensity that it doesn't get to my stomach like that. I'm and sure- And also mentally, you have the mental capacity. Right. Because so, you've been through enough adverse highly intense, highly complex workouts. Right. And you can build up to that, right? Like I hate, I absolutely am afraid of throwing up. I, I'll do everything to avoid it. So I remember though, when I worked out with a trainer, we would just do some leg stuff. We'd do like a leg day, we'd do some squats, do some hack squats, do some lunges, do some, you know, leg things, whatever. And I would feel like puking and I would be like, no, like I need a minute. Like, walking around the gym with a white face, like trying to breathe, like nobody fucking talk to me. I need a cold towel. Like that's what I would do. Now I've been through experiences like that where I've gotten close to that point and I stop because when you get close, but you don't go over the edge, your body gets more resilient. Now you can get to that point again and not feel that. Now there's a there's a little bit more at the top you can go before you feel that. And then when you get that, there's a little bit more you can go. And then a little bit more you can go. And, you know, it's hard because mentally it requires a lot. Like to push yourself, especially when nobody else is there. I thank CrossFit and I thank the CrossFit community 
Mm-hmm. And being around other people who are better than me that I have to like chase, to go after, mm-hmm. to not be caught by, right? Mm-hmm. To try to stay ahead of mm-hmm. this like healthy competition that really pushed me to my limit. Um, and I can achieve that. Not every workout should be that, to be honest, um, because that's a lot of central nervous system stimulus too. It takes a lot to recover from. Um, but that is how your body continues burning a lot more calories throughout the day when you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the other piece of the fat loss and why like the middle can be really difficult. Um, genetically, nobody gets to choose where the fat comes off first or gets put on first. Yeah. Where, where the fat likes to be held. Yeah. Nobody gets to choose that. That is completely 100% genetic. Now, um, like what I've seen a lot is that the majority of people will store it, um, from the waist up or the waist down. Mm -hmm. The majority of people, Mm -hmm. mine is more waist up. Sarit's is more waist down. Mm-hmm. That's why when you guys look at our bodies and you're like, I want Aaron's legs and Sarit's upper body. That's the leanest part of our bodies by genetics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I start to lose body fat, it goes away from my legs first. They get cut, goes away from Sarit's upper body first. Right? So you don't get to choose that. And normally what happens is the fat goes away from the outside in. And if your center is your stomach, like right around the belly button, the, that area, like then that is going to be the last piece. And the reason why, like it, whether you store more fat, like, um, thorax down or thorax. Why are you using big words? Up. Well, because I forgot the big word and that's the first thing that came out of a torso. Line. Torso. Thank you. Um, that's a, that's a way better <laughs> word too. You guys remember like uh, this, this, right? And like in Eastern Asia, they always talk about it. This is your center. This is your center of everything. So your center is supposed to keep you grounded. Your center is supposed to keep you protected. Your core. So for all of us, knowing that like we've adapted over hundreds of thousands of years, it is very essential evolutionary in an evolutionary standpoint to, to store fat around our core. Because that's what keeps us centered and grounded and protected. Can't and fight it. And you just have to do there. your best every day to manipulate it. And Danielle, as far as I'm concerned, like you're doing an amazing job and you've only been in this journey for 90 days. So you need to get like, you need to slow your roll and you need to just like be patient and, you know, just embrace the process. I guarantee you that as long as you stay consistent that same way, one year from now, we're going to have a very different conversation, but you're still very, very new to this. You guys, if you haven't been on this journey for at least one year, I will tell you this. You're still a novice. Be patient. Be patient. Only within your first six months, you are going to start gaining an understanding of what the big picture looks like within one year. You would have gone yourself through enough ups and downs in life in order to, you know, really know how to manipulate um, certain circumstances. I would say only after a decade, consider yourself some kind of metabolic pro because I guarantee you that there's few hundred, like a few hundred people in the world who have actually maintained like a metabolic composition 
for that's efficient and attractive for over a decade because it, it, it involves so much discipline, so much integrity, so much hard work and so much consistency. And most people like we live in the 21st century. It's a lot easier to, you know, go get a shake or a product that says burn fat, blah, blah, blah. No, it, it takes a long time. I told you guys this, if you, if you over drink alcohol, right, you get a hangover, it takes you like 72 hours to recover from that shit. Now, what makes you think that when it comes to you manipulating something, your body has evolved, like your genes have evolved over hundreds of thousands of years. You want to ma manipulate that in three days? Okay, good luck. Great. Mm -hmm. Your body's more resilient than you. It'll fight back. You have to train yourself to be as resilient as your body is. Yeah. And, you know, when I, like I said, when we're talking about like high intensity workouts, like you don't need every day to like, the goal isn't every day work so hard you feel like you're going to puke. That's, that's not the goal. Puking is not good in a workout. That means you went beyond where you probably should have. Now, mentally, it makes you stronger 100%. However, you know, like that point of like, oh my God, like I'm not ready to do another round, you know, but I'm going to do it anyways is good for you mentally, but also that's what creates that stimulus and just consistency, you know, like Sarit was saying, just being consistent, just keep working at it. A lot of people have a really difficult time pushing their self themselves hard. You know, um, I play games with myself constantly to push myself hard. Today, I'll tell you, the game I played with myself, when you're ahead, it's hard to keep pushing because there's nothing to chase. Did you tell there's yourself nothing to chasing you? Yeah, I did. I knew it. I said but you but really it's not did. about but it's not about lapping you to lap you. It's about right. I've got a mission. This is my new goal. If I had lapped you, I would have had to create another new goal. Okay, by the time she gets to this and I know it's going to be a stretch. It's giving me. it's giving yourself a purpose. Yeah. To 100%. make the most out of every workout. Yeah. 100%. And for me it's always like pick up the pace and catch up to Aaron. Yeah. Unless unless it's lifting heavy then I always have some kind of like And I'll tell you scary intention. Even if I'm by myself, it becomes me against the clock. Okay, by this time I'll see like what my pace has been and I'll see like okay by this minute, my goal is to be here in this workout. And I'll know that it's going to be a stretch and that I've got to fight for it because it's not just like, oh, it's going to be easy. I'll be like, I got to finish this workout in less than this many minutes. But that too, that too takes experience because yeah. you have had to have gone through enough yeah. either intervals you have to know or yourself really like well. you have to know what is your threshold with regards to every movement, you know, and the combinations of things and Again, that takes time. Um, I saw Samantha Brill's comment. It takes time, so you might as well enjoy the journey. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why we always say progress, not perfection. I saw, because it's not a sprint. I saw a comment too that said, I've seen something about working out for your body type. I will tell you working out for your body type. It's called functional training. This is how you were designed to move. It's called use all of your muscles consistently in a way that challenges you. Yeah. That is working out for your body type. 
Gosh, you guys, like they will keep on coming up with all these crazy things. I'm sure in order to manipulate more and more people. I'm sure somebody found some like science that proves some kind of something for your genetic whatever. That is the least of our problems. The least of our problems. It makes you focus on things that don't matter as much. It, it takes away from the big thing. It makes you feel productive because you're focusing on something. Let's focus on getting off the couch and just moving. Step one. If, uh, you know, and we've said this before, if you've been sedentary, then what you should be focusing on, I would say, doesn't have anything to do with what kind of workout is for your body type. It's let me get moving. I just need to get moving. Yeah, like let me if just I've been, get my heart rate up. If I've been moving, how do I challenge that more? It, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know where all that came from working out for your body type. And I don't want to slam it because I don't think I know enough about whatever it is that's being talked about. But I think that a lot of times we focus on things that are really not the problem. Like meal timing. Like you're not, unless you are a professional athlete and you're paid to do your sport and nutrition has that much of an impact on like your paycheck, meal timing does not matter. Consistency matters. What can you be the most consistent with? Working out for your body type, I would consider being one of those things. It, it doesn't matter. What matters is what can I do and be consistent with that is, is pushing me a little bit beyond where I'm comfortable. Uh-huh. What you got over there? I don't know. I have something weird on my face. Missy. That's from my conditioner or something. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, whatever. You guys be very careful on what's out there. Like I said, we live in the information era and misinformation is what will get you farther and farther away from, from your goal. For maintenance, low intensity, steady state cardio is most important for mesomorphs. Let me tell you something about low intensity, steady state cardio. It keeps you soft. Yep. The body type doesn't matter. Keeps you soft. So that's frustrating. <laughs> I don't care what body type you have. Yeah. But the thing is, like, people find these things and create these things because it gets you to focus on something. But let me ask you this. Just by feel, just by instinct, right? Humans, we had to go by instinct for a very long time before we had computers and technology and the interwebs and all of that. Um, by feeling, I want to take a poll. Do you think you will be more effective at losing body fat if you were running as fast as you can or if you're going for a long walk? Same, 20 minutes. Maybe you have to stop and walk for a little while because you're running so fast. You're like, shit, I can't keep this up. I got to walk for a little bit. Then you run again. Ah! Oh, can't keep it up anymore. Okay, let me walk. Let me ask you like, which one is going to be more efficient at helping you to lose body fat if we're just talking about exercise? Diet's the same, everything. Which one do you feel like would help you the most? Like imagine what you feel like when you're done with 20 minutes of like running your heart out for as much of the 20 minutes as you can, or it's going for a leisurely stroll on the boardwalk. Ew, I don't run. <laughs> I told Sarit today, I never feel like running. (laughs) Okay, Kelly says both. Samantha says running. Brittany says, I think both. Casey says, run? 
Rachel says both. Teresa says running. Um, Brittany says none lose body fat. Tried it. I'm talking about if your nutrition is on point and this has nothing to do with it. Nutrition is going to be a game changer. Um, if I have to choose one, walking. You think that, I'm not asking what you prefer. I'm saying which one will be more effective? Which one do you feel instinctually will be more effective at, at the end? Let me ask you this. I'm a draw graph. <laughs> you guys, we need to practice more listening to your intuition. Yeah. What the heck? So here's the thing, you guys. When you get done running, you're like <sighs> sweating, red. Oh, that was hard. Versus walk, you, you literally feel the same at the end as you did when you started. If it's like a leisurely stroll. I'm not talking about nutrition or anything. I'm talking about only fitness at the end of the 20 minutes. Which one feels, not what you heard, not what you think, not what you're overthinking, what you feel <sighs> is more effective. You guys, I really can't believe you. And this is why, like, you guys come to us so, like, like, you take all this information from the world instead of listening to your intuition. So let's I think they're up. overanalyzing because they've read so many yes, things. They're like, yes, both? it you should guys be both. Be careful. You guys, be careful. at the end of 20 minutes of running as much as you can, like your shit feels beat up. Okay, hold on real quick. The fittest woman on earth. Do you think she goes on leisurely walks? She's, de she's determined the fittest woman on earth by the sport of CrossFit. Right. She's a fucking beast. Do you think you become that way from going on long walks? So here's a graph for you. Brittany, I'm not talking about what you do. You can speed walk. That's fine. I'm talking about at the end, if you were to do 20 minutes of leisure walking or 20 minutes of running as much of the 20 minutes as you possibly can, which one would feel at the end like you did more to lose body fat? This isn't a trick question. The Is that backwards? You got to write it backwards for them. You, you guys, the more, the more intense a workout is, the more effective it is at helping you to drop body fat. Unless it injures you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you guys were, were listening hard into the question, thinking it was like a trick question. It's not a trick question. Like high intensity, anything is going to be more effective for fat loss than anything low intensity. Low intensity is good for recovery, but if you haven't used high intensity, what are you recovering from? Yeah, I figured you misunderstood the question. <laughs> like, which would I prefer? Yeah, no, it's not a trick question. Anything high intensity will be more efficient at burning fat because yeah. of the hormones that get released in that, right? The higher so the UTC, the UTC is very much about um, first movement preparation right? Like warm up, movement preparation, strength or skill, and then conditioning something metabolic, something intense. Sometimes it's a 20 minute something intense. Sometimes it's like a six minute something intense. Yeah, or 12 minutes. You know, and, and, and the variety is what keeps uh, our bodies adapting um, because it's like, well, I haven't done that before. Fran's going to go skip around the block today. Okay, we've got a dude. So let's let's finish up it's, with that. It's, it's a name traditionally known as a male name, but there is no male-female option on here. So you guys know what I mean. 
David, welcome, David. It is so great to have you here. I, is this is this uh, Daniela an invitee? Of I don't know, Daniela. But Ireland is killing it. Um, you guys talk a lot about not eating like an asshole. So my question is, can you eat fruit like an asshole? I think that's definitely Daniela because Daniela yes, asked me that, asked that question too. Can you eat fruit, fruit like an asshole? Fruits are healthy. So when it is counterproductive to eat so much fruit. Okay. So here's the thing, you guys. Be intentional with everything that you do. You can, you can eat everything like an asshole. You can eat an asshole like an asshole. Oh my gosh. She went there. <laughs> she went there. Ah, yeah. <laughs> what is that even? How do you... Whatever, whatever. I'm not sure what the qualifying factors are of, of eating an asshole like an asshole. But... What does that mean? You can eat fruits like an asshole. You absolutely can. However, you've never heard about somebody who became obese from eating fruit like an asshole. Now, eating fruit loops like an asshole, that's a different story. Okay, let's define like an asshole. Unintentionally, way too much, you know it, no discipline, you don't care mindlessly, whatever. Like you feel full, you're still going for it. Yeah. Just ask Boogie. Uh -huh. What? <laughs> ask Boogie. Fruits are healthy, so when can it be counterproductive to eat so much fruit? So you guys remember this. Um, for one, if you don't um, have a nutrition platform, we highly recommend um, that you get your hands on it so that you can start understanding like how much you should be eating on a regular basis. So fruit would be considered a serving of carbs. Now let's say mm -hmm. if your platform calls for five carbs a day, and fruits are your go-to carb, then have five fruits a day. Like nobody needs to have like 20 plums in a day. Let's, you'll be let's be you real. will be shitting the bed. You know what I mean? Um, I eat around two or three different fruits for my breakfast with my oatmeal. And then I have Greek yogurt with five or six different fruits a day. Is that bad? I, I need to know more data about you. Like, you know, if, if you need, let's say like six or seven carbs a day and you're eating and I don't know what, like how, what, how much of a portion you're having, That's what I was thinking. um, then that could be totally fine. You could say, you know, I have two to three different fruits for my breakfast with my oatmeal and then have Greek yogurt. Well, oatmeals, depending on the quantity, going to be at least one. And then if fruits, if you're talking about, I have different, two to three different fruits. Okay. If you have like six blueberries and two strawberries and you know, uh, it's another fruit you would put uh, a couple of little slivers of pineapple. Mm. I would consider that probably like one, one serving. serving. Yeah. You know, so the, the fact that it's two to three is a little bit irrelevant. It's like, what's, what are, how many servings and the way that we define a serving is a, a fistful like a, a like if you were to hold it like a like a baseball like an apple would be like one serving right what fits in your hand if you're if it's something like rice or sweet potatoes or yam or oatmeal what can you grab with a handful that's your serving that's how we determine a serving of mm -hmm. a carb um so like Sarit said you know what is what are the needs of your body Consider also that oatmeal is a carb in there too. So fine, if you want to have two or three carbs in your breakfast, like, you know, it's, it's a matter of 
It's a matter of hitting a certain target by the end of the day and doing your best to balance-ish throughout the day. Because then a lot of people, the other thing that we'll run into, which is like a, if it fits my macros, this has happened a ton is I'm going to save all my carbs until the end of the day. And then I'm going to eat carbs like an asshole because you don't need to eat four servings of carb in one meal. Right. So even Unless though your I hit, is maybe Matt Frazier and, and if I hit my target, but you know, I'll always, always like the one of the greatest superpowers you can have is intuition. Yep. Knowing you, knowing right from wrong, knowing beneficial from harmful without being told and then acting on that. Yeah, that's why we tell you guys be present when you eat. David, I love the fact that you asked a question. I love seeing questions from our dudes. That's incredible. All right, you guys. That being said, we hope that this added value for you guys today. Um, hope that Sri didn't scare anybody off by talking about eating things that they're twelve. Preference. That's a preference. That's very They'll much be a preference. Fine, tomato, tomato. It's like I don't prefer cooked mushrooms. I also don't prefer. Yeah. So there's that. That is where the waste exits. Why am I trying to enter the garbage can? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, that's just me. You guys, if you found value from today's conversation in any way, shape or form, be it about working out for body types, our matcha, teas, healthy, um, when the heck am I gonna get rid of my belly fat? The answer is never, we all have belly fat. Wait, wait, um, wait. The but answer is it. just keep being consistent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> um, My or, mom would call me a smart aleck. Or, 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 what, or what does eating a, like an asshole actually mean? We or maybe it's the jokes in between or boogie songs, you guys. Um, we keep showing up for you because we know that we have the answer that the world needs. And besides, it's really, really fun to speak in front of a camera with our friends. Um, but you know, if you know that some of your friends need to become our friends as well, please share it with them. If you know that some of your friends are just like overthinking things instead of actually knowing what the answer is, please invite them to this community. You guys, um, the only thing that we ask of you um, is really to spread the love. And that is what this is all about because we have a massive mission, um, because the world needs it now more than ever. The world needs you to be a great leader and to be in charge of your community and to set the example in order to raise other people's standards. A rising tide raises all ship. So, you know, be the rising tide in your family, in your workplace, in your community, in your life. And, you know, hopefully we'll together, we'll make this world a better place. We are on a mission to transform the lives of millions through the same movement, nutrition, lifestyle, and financial habits that have transformed ours. Thank you guys for tuning in with us this morning, and we will catch you guys tomorrow at 9.30. Bye! Thank you for listening to Espresso with Erin and Suri. On your way out, be sure to check out our website, erinandsuri.com, to keep up to date with what we have going on and maybe grab some free stuff.
And if you feel so inclined, hop on over to leave us a five-star review, wink, wink. And remember, life is more fun when you subscribe to Aaron and Sarit. <laughs>